Find out why black messaging matters on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pushback. This is Dr. Johnny coming to you weekly with uh, various cultural topics uh, that seem to pop up every single week. 2020 has been rich with uh, cultural issues for us to discuss, and it is my pleasure to share my heart and really my opinion with you. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. It's a beautiful autumn day here in Minnesota. The leaves are actually starting to change. Uh, kids are back in school, and uh, things are shifting in our culture. Uh, but this topic of racism and Black Lives Matter and uh, this issue has been such on the forefront and I, I feel like the Lord is really giving me many things to talk about to try to define this issue and to really help us, again, uh, address cultural problems as well as the language we can use to discuss this with others so that our culture can be healthy and restored. And that's what we all want. So I believe that we can find real common ground in that area. The other thing that happened this week is the NFL is back. Uh, if you haven't guessed already, I'm a big Vikings fan, and the Vikings had a little bit of a rough start to their season. Uh, I'm going to try to stay optimistic like I do every single year because I bleed purple, and uh, we're going to make the best of it, but it was a little bit of a rough start. But on Thursday was the very first game, uh, Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions against the Houston Texans in Kansas City. And it was interesting because there was a lot of, of, uh, of uh, activity and event that took place prior to the game that raised a lot of eyebrows and created, again, a lot of cultural conversation regarding this. Uh, and my understanding is that the national anthem played uh, and the... Kansas City Chiefs went to the sidelines. They locked arms in a sign of solidarity on the sideline while the Houston Texans actually left the field and went back to the locker room during the national anthem. Now, during that time, the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the Kansas City Chiefs knelt during the national anthem. The remainder of the team stood and locked arms. The Houston Texans went to the locker room. Following this, they came back to the field and they both teams locked arms in a sign of solidarity in the middle of the field. Uh, they also played a black national anthem. Uh, I'm not so sure where that came from. I, I believe it's an NAACP song uh, that uh, they, they play. I'm entitled Lift Every Voice and Sing, uh, but they played that as well. Um, and apparently the, the Houston Texans left for both of those songs. Uh, came back for the sign of solidarity in the middle of the field for a moment of silence. And during this, many of the fans booed. Now, the aftermath of that, of course, is that the Kansas City fans were sort of um, eviscerated by the media uh, and by the press, uh, all trying to guess why they were booing. And, and they were... Um, seen as deplorable for booing during a sign of solidarity, apparently a sign of solidarity. 
Up on the screen, apparently at the stadium, it said, We support equality. We must end racism. We believe in justice for all. We must end police brutality. We choose unconditional love. We believe black lives matter. It takes all of us. So the the spin following this is that the fans in Kansas City were deplorable for booing during this time of solidarity. Uh, but I know that a lot of people, even radio and TV commentators, were trying to explain what was happening. And they were saying, you know, they weren't protesting the national anthem. And I'm thinking, well, are, are you sure? <laughs> we're not exactly sure. So we were talking about this. Uh, with my my two oldest sons and my oldest son is a cinematographer and storyteller and and I was you know talking about you know even from my last podcast where I you know I, I really did a lot of self examination about my own prejudice or prejudgment that I would have towards other people or fellow Americans and I encourage you to go back and listen to that message I also encourage you to listen to my uh, the answer is black and white and the brown initiative uh, my previous uh, podcasts on this racial issue um, and so we were talking about that with my sons and and so I was talking about the national anthem and I said you know isn't it possible that the fans were booing because they just had no idea what was going on some were standing, some were sitting, some were leaving, some were coming in, some were, there was a song and then there was another song that nobody knew anything about, words up on the screen, moment of silence. Um, is it possible that these people came to watch football and they were confused? And is it possible that they were booing because they walked out during the national anthem? And to a lot of people, that's a very important thing, our national anthem, a place of pride and national uh, unity as well. And so we don't know the hearts of everyone who was booing, and I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and try to pretend that I understood everything that was in their heart. Uh, but but reviewing this and looking at this and and recapping even just that short period of time of events, it felt felt quite confusing. And my son, who's a cinematographer and storyteller, said, you know, if you're not sure of what they were trying to convey, then they have a serious messaging problem. And it kind of struck me, and I'm thinking, you know what? You're absolutely right. I, I believe that this Black Lives Matter or uh, uh, other, um, you know, people who are trying to bring this racial um, conversation to the forefront, including myself, uh, maybe we have a, a real messaging problem. If we have to afterwards explain or if we have to try to guess why people are booing or guess why they're standing in the middle or are they protesting the anthem or they're not protesting the anthem? Are they creating another anthem or what? what is going on? There is a confusion that's there and it creates a marketing and messaging nightmare. See, the Michael Thomas, I believe, is a safety for the Texans and he, he was quoted that said that uh, the Texans decided to stay in the locker room for the national anthem and the performance of Lift Every Voice and Sing because we didn't want anything that was divisive, safety Michael Thomas said. We wanted to make a decision that everyone can agree upon and everyone can support. <laughs> With all due respect, Michael Thomas, I think you failed. I think when you're out there and the fans are booing that something didn't get conveyed well. And I think there was messages going everywhere. 
As we support equality, we must end racism. We believe in justice for all. We must end police brutality. We choose unconditional love. We believe black lives matter. It takes all of us. All of those things individually are something that most people could support, but but a, a machine gun list of issues is confusing for people. It's hard to get our arms around what is really happening right now and what do we really do about it. I think it was interesting. The Miami Dolphins said that they have already announced, and I'm, I'm reading this um, off of their website, that they won't be on the field for either song when they play the New England Patriots on Sunday, calling for what the NFL had done in combating racism, fluff, and empty gestures. The hashtag Dolphins uh, site says players are united in staying inside for both national anthems, united on social justice, and united on demanding less captions and more actions. They seek justice, answers, and real change. Well, that's the purpose of this podcast is to discuss real change. If that's what they are after and they see what the NFL is doing as fluff and empty gestures, then there's a problem. There's a messaging problem. And and there's something that needs to shift. If I feel, feel like last podcast was maybe directed more towards the light brown skinned people, I really want to address this podcast maybe towards more of the dark brown skinned people. And let's talk about the message that's trying to be conveyed, one that we can all um, ad- adhere to and not be confused by. Now, now the the brutality and the racism and the things that have happened in the past, this isn't your fault. But going forward, I believe that there is a real opportunity from a messaging standpoint to create real unity and what this uh, website from the Dolphins were saying, real change. Don't we want real change? I kind of agree with the Dol- with the Dolphins saying that the NFL has been operating in fluff and empty gestures. Part of it is because they don't know what to do. And the irony of the sentence there, it says that the NFL, um, they're calling what the NFL had done in combating racism as fluff and empty gestures. Well, my question to the Miami Dolphins is what do you expect the NFL to do to combat racism? Perhaps it's not the right platform. The NFL is important and it's public and it's in the it's in the press and it's in the media and it's on TV all the time. I get that. But what are we supposed to do? What is what is the answer? What what are some things that we can do that seeks justice, that seeks answers, that seek real change if that's what we're after? Real real change that doesn't result in distraction, which I believe is the biggest danger, distraction and complacency. Fluff or trite, empty gestures. Let's have clear messaging. Well, let me offer you some suggestions. Now, I say this with a little smile on my face because I'm just one man. I have some several suggestions that I think would help, some that you have heard already, um, some things that I want to just bring forward in this podcast. This isn't an exhaustive list, but I believe it would be a start. And if you're listening to this, and if you're light brown skin or dark brown skin, I believe this is something that we can unify together upon so that we can create real change and bring health to our culture. Not just little sound bites, not just people who are saying things because they don't know what else to say. So suggestion number one, you've heard me say this many times, stop referring to black and white. See, even the term Black Lives Matter 
I understand the term and I understand the heart behind the term. But the word black is actually creating division. It's a misunderstanding of race. If you look up black and white, just like in Miriam's dictionary, Miriam-Webster's dictionary, it says sharply divided into good and evil. Okay, so black and white, which side is good and which side is evil? Huh. Evaluating or viewing things as either all good or all bad. Is that what we want? Is that the conversation that we are after? Is sharp division? It means sharply defined or clear cut. The example is the truth is not always black and white. My friends, I I believe that's no real coincidence, especially when there is an enemy that wants to create a spirit of division, that, that our culture is set up calling ourselves black and white. Think about how divisive and how angry that is. Please go back and listen to what Morgan Freeman had to say. If you didn't hear it on my podcast, just go on YouTube and type in Morgan Freeman discusses race or discusses black men. And he says, I'm going to ask that you stop calling me a black man and I'm going to respectfully stop calling you a white man. And then you go on the comments underneath Morgan Freeman's dissertation on race and everybody is in agreement. They all think he is onto something here. That video needs to go viral. I don't agree with everything Morgan Freeman says, but I agree with that. I think he's on the right track and he can be a voice because he is standing in that place of not only uh, of, of being well-known and being famous, but he's a dark brown skinned man who wants to change the conversation. So stop talking about black and white. Black lives matter. If you're listening and you care anything that I have to say, consider changing your messaging. Because you're setting yourself up, even in your title, to be separate from everyone else. And that's not what we're after. It said You said it yourself up on the screen, that you are after equality and justice for all. Number two, stop referring to people of color. Think about this. We're all one color, and that color is brown. I speak as this as a physician and as a scientist. We're all brown-skinned. It all has to do with our melanin, and the different degrees of melanin in our skin determines our skin color. And that's it. Even the darkest of dark brown men or women are not black. And even the lightest of light-skinned people are not white. We're all just various shades of brown. And so we are trying desperately to change the conversation off of skin color. Speaking of football, changing the Washington Redskins. And yet we continually use this highly destructive phrase, people of color. Let's think about that. Let's start changing the conversation. It's highly offensive and highly destructive. Yet politicians and everyone uses this people of color. What does that mean? It's divisive. It's creating division within us. So we need to change the conversation. Number three, and you've heard me say this ad nauseum. I apologize for keep repeating myself, but the more I say it, perhaps the more it will sink in. Stop using the term race or racism. Making this one simple change doesn't solve the problem. I get that, but it changes the conversation. 
changes the conversation. There's a high school in Norman, Oklahoma that's been in the news this week uh, because as an intention to heal racial divides, uh, the uh, teacher started the lecture by saying white people are racist. Dot. All of them. Period. And it has created a, a firestorm of conversation because it creates a discomfort when we refer to something that doesn't actually really even exist. The term racist in itself is drawing attention to the fact that we are somehow different, different bloods, different strains, different evolutionary trees. None of that is actually supported by science or the Bible. We need to stop using the term race or racism. I won't spend much more time talking about it because you can review my previous podcast where I grow into much more detail regarding that issue. But I believe that alone will draw attention to the fact that we are actually one blood and one people and one race. And that alone, I believe, would change the conversation. And that is a start. It doesn't necessarily change people's heart, but it gets people thinking. It gets people thinking. Number four, stop targeting politicians. You're going to hear me say this many times over my podcast that you cannot legislate behavior. Politicians won't change anything. They won't change hearts. They won't change the way people act towards each other. This is not a Black Lives Matter is not a left-wing propaganda movement. I know that it can be exploited by different groups. And it's not that all light brown Americans are racist. There's this place in between where we can agree, where we can see the injustice of what's happening and we want to make real change. So this isn't about Donald Trump getting elected or Joe Biden getting elected because they aren't the answer and they aren't the problem. The problem is in the hearts of Americans and the way that we view one another. We need to stop targeting the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance. I believe that this was part of the problem at the Kansas City football game, is that there's confusion. You see, there are people that, that connect with the national anthem because they know of people that have fought and died for the very right to stand in the middle of the field and lock arms in solidarity, for the very right to go into the street and to protest. They, they have died for that very right that's been given. There have been people who died in the Civil War fighting for the freedoms of the African-American people and soldiers that fought with them. It doesn't end all of the problems, and I know that it was just the beginning, but there was blood that was shed for that, and we stand up and we put our hand on our heart to honor those people. And so it's super important when you're messaging uh, what, what you are after, which is, uh, in your own words, equality and justice for all, guess what? That's in the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God with liberty and justice for all. It's, it's in there. And so we need to actually embrace it and, and, and achieve it and, and put our hand on our heart and say, this is what we are fighting for, is what our founding fathers actually intended for us. Did the founding fathers do it perfectly? No. Have there been problems and bumps along the way? Yes. Are we still not where we want to be? Yes. That's all is true. But, but the national anthem isn't the problem. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's the solution because we find our solidarity there. We find our unity as a nation, which is what we're after in the first place. So we can't combat, combat one offense with another. Whenever we have a cause, the whole point isn't to just go around offending other people. The point is to draw attention to what is happening 
in this situation. And I believe by protesting the national anthem, you're actually causing the distraction that you are so concerned about. It's, it's the worst word is us getting distracted um, about things that aren't really the issue. Well, the national anthem isn't the issue. In fact, the words of the national anthem, the national pride are part of the solution. Number six, don't create your own thing. I don't know what this black national anthem is about. I, I understand it's crying, trying to create unity and I'm not trying to disparage it. But the whole but again, the point isn't separation. The point is unity. This is a cultural problem. And that's why I'm talking about it so much because this podcast is about culture. It's finding the root cultural problem and speaking to that. Not creating your own thing and separating yourself from the very people, the very heart of the people that we're trying to change. Next, light brown skinned people, and please hear me in this because I am one, want to be part of the solution. But you need to help us, dark skinned people, dark brown skinned people, but you need to give us the language and help us with the language to engage us, not to shame us, but to join us together, not tear us further apart. See, I believe there's a great opportunity right now. There's a lot of hand-wringing and backpedaling that's happening right now because people don't know what to do and what to say. But now is the time that we can really work hard on messaging so that we can connect with people and with their hearts. There have been professors in some liberal colleges that have been starting their lectures with, I am professor so-and-so, I am a racist. Now, it's okay, confession is good for the soul, and if they really feel like that's the case, that's fine, but it's really more of an example that people really don't know what to do or what to say. So they're willing to fall on some kind of sword as some kind of, and I forgive me for saying this, it's a platitude. It's, it's, it's what the NFL was talking about, about fluff and just trite gestures, empty gestures. So I don't know what's in the hearts of these professors and that they really feel like they need to confess something, that's fine. But, but my point in saying that is, is that is that people don't know what to do. We're, we're in a complicated state right now. And the messaging, the messaging needs to be there so that we can all gather around it and move forward together in solidarity. So let me give you some language suggestions. These are just suggestions. And forgive me for my own ignorance and, and, and a lack of complete picture, but I believe this is one place that we can start. How about a language that instead of you versus me, we are Americans. We are American citizens all together. None of us want to leave because it's still the best country on the planet. Where else would we go? That's better than here. But we want to make it better. We want to make it healthier. We need to start using terms, and I mentioned this in last podcast, one blood one race, one color, one nation. One blood, one race, one color, one nation. That's the signs that I would like to see going through the streets of my country because I believe that's the real conversation that brings healing. And here's a, an interesting little part that I really want you to lean into and hear closely as I close. I believe that if we begin the conversation that has the words one blood, one race, one color, one nation, that the true racists will be driven crazy by it. 
I believe it'll actually expose the hearts of the ones who are very corrupt because they don't believe it. They don't believe there's one race, one color, one nation, one blood. They don't believe it. That's at the heart of a racist heart. And it will be exposed. At the same time, it will give everyone else, which is the vast majority of people, like almost the rest of the people, something solid to unify around and give them real talking points. Please hear my heart in this. I believe it's just a start. I want people to hear this message and use the language that can help to bring a real unifying force in our nation because I love our nation and I know you do too. Yesterday, we were super pleased to announce the release of our Powerhouse Family course. You can go to gofam.org and you can register for our course. This is our life message, the Clausen Family Life Message. You can go online and get an individual family course, or you can do it as a group study and get a group license that includes a leadership guide, um, promotional materials, and, and printable materials as well. So you could do it as a small group in your home with multiple families, as a Sunday school class in your church, or as a bigger class in your church as well. So please go to gofam.org. I just want to read what my wife wrote because I think this is sums up really our heart in this. She wrote, if you know that your family is called to greatness, then let us encourage you in your vision. If you hope that your family is meant to do great exploits for God, then let us convince you. If you doubt that God could do anything with your family, then join us on this journey and be infused with the truth that your family has a magnificent destiny and the time to begin is today. Boy, that is the heartbeat of the message and the messages that we bring in the Powerhouse Family course. So please go to gofam.org. Remember, as family goes, so goes the culture. If you care about culture, if you care about your neighborhood and the people that are around you, and especially those in your family, then please lean into this family course and register today at gofam.org. Now, let's go together and set and shape the culture.